forsake the assembling of ourselves together, be it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, evening or morning. But there's a whole lot of people. God doesn't accept your worship. You don't worship on Friday night to Saturday. It's like, huh? As if we were ever accepted by God because of our worship. Why are we accepted by God? Faith in who? Jesus. We're only accepted one way. No matter what day you keep worshiping on. It's easy to do. You start out knowing that Jesus alone makes you right with God. But then you add to that until eventually you start thinking that these other things are essential too. Well, today, Pastor Daniel urges you to be on guard against any other standards you may rely on to be right with God. Your standing with God isn't changed by how much you do church, how much you give, or anything else. Only Jesus makes the difference. Here's Pastor Daniel in Galatians chapter 3 as he continues his message. What about the law? God bestows the Spirit through faith, not works. You see what he says here? I want to learn this. Did you receive the Spirit through the works of the law or the hearing of faith? And that's a good question. That's a good question. How did the Holy Spirit come to dwell in your life? Because you did a hop, skip, and a jump? Because you passed go and collected $200? Because you went to a class? Because you were faithfully attending a church? See, you faithfully attend a church, you take a class... But the reason the Holy Spirit indwells a person is a gift given by God simply because we believe in Jesus. That's the gospel. The gospel is that God will give his spirit to all who will believe in Jesus. Not for any other reason. That's the gospel. The gospel is God gives his spirit to those who believe in his son. So he asked the Galatians a simple question. They already know the answer from their experience. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, verse 3? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Listen, verse 3, verse 3. Almost every Christian struggles in verse 3. Because we get saved by the grace of God apart from anything we do. And then we usher ourselves into another self-salvation plan. We say, I've put my faith and trust in Jesus. And now I'm going to perfect myself by the works of law. You say, oh, you know, we're not going to watch any movies because spiritual people don't do that. We're not going to listen to any of that worldly music because spiritual people don't do that. We're going to make sure we worship on the right day. And we're going to think everybody who worships on a different day is wrong. We're going to say, hey, we do all these things that we're supposed to do, and that's what makes me right with God. Wrong. Wrong. See, we all do this because we love grace, but then we want to live by law. The Bible teaches that we all want to say, I obey, therefore I'm accepted. 
The Bible teaches that I'm accepted, therefore I obey. So it's not a question of doing the right or wrong things. It's a question of why do we do what we do? And grace pushes us forward, but we never get accepted by works, ever. Do you know why we never get accepted by works? Because none of us do acceptable works. In the book of Isaiah, it says that our righteousness is what? It says filthy rags. Now, in the Hebrew, those filthy rags, and I don't mean to be coarse, but this is just what the Bible says. Those filthy rags, you know what that is actually? It's a used sanitary napkin. That's what that word filthy rags, to use sanitary napkin. Now, I don't know about you, but we're not keeping those things. And we're definitely not parading those things out as, hey, check this out, right? I mean, that's just straight up gross if you do that, right? And the answer to that is exactly, exactly. Nobody does that, except for so many of us. That's how we try and live before God. We are saved by grace, and then we try and parade out our filthy rags. So we start in the Spirit, and then we try and perfect ourselves by the law. In Galatia, it was the Jewish law that they were pushing. Today, now we have a whole new set of laws, whether they're American-derived laws or churchianity laws, or whatever the style of church you were weaned in or socialized in. But the reality is, is we began in grace and in the spirit by faith, and we're going to continue in that. See, look at verse five. Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracle among you, does he do it by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And what's the answer to that? By the hearing of faith. God supplies the spirit. He does miracles by faith. By faith. It's so simple. It's so, so then you ask yourself, well, if that's the case, what's so important about the law, right? Why did God give it? Listen to Jesus in Matthew chapter five, verses 17 to 20. He says this, do not think I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass away from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus is saying, look, all of the law is going to be fulfilled. God's law is his standard for righteousness. But he's saying, look, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Now, in Jesus' culture, the scribes and Pharisees were the most scrupulous in regards to law keeping. They were not playing around. They said, look, if God's law says this, then we're going to do that. So help me God. That's what their mindset was. And they were down, so scrupulous, making sure they didn't miss anything. And then Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds their righteousness, you're not getting in. And you can imagine the people in Jesus' day thinking to themselves, are you kidding me? There is nobody who exceeds their righteousness under the law. But Jesus says, it, it has to be. Why? Why? Why is it so, so important? Because Jesus is saying, look, 
The scribes and Pharisees are being so scrupulous, but you still need to do it better than them. And he's making the case that the only way to do the law better than the scribes and Pharisees is to believe in the only one who truly keeps the law. And that's Jesus himself. He's pushing them. He's saying, look, you can't get there. The standard is too high. And unless you exceed the standard, you're not going to get in. And that is the human condition. Every religion, every philosophy, no matter how religious or secular, is some sort of way to say, this is the standard that you need to live up to. And so no matter what your philosophy is, it's still faith-based. You're saying, I need to live up to this level. And the Christian gospel, and the reason it's good news, it says no matter what standard you erect, you fall way short. No matter what standard you erect, you fall way short. And that is why God sent Jesus to die on a cross. So for most of us, you put your faith and trust in Jesus. But we have to be careful not to erect another standard. That I am accepted by God because, yes, I believe in Jesus, but I also worship on this certain day. Or I do X, I do Y. In the end of the day, for each one of us, the only reason we ever stand justified before God is because of the finished work of Jesus on our behalf. And it never leaves there. It never leaves there. So as Paul's making this case now, from verses 6 to 9... Look at what he says. He says, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. This teaches us that Abraham is the perfect example of living by faith. Abraham is the perfect example of living by faith. As we walk through the Bible together, you realize that there is not an Old Testament God and a New Testament God. How many of you have heard that? Oh, the God in the Old Testament is so angry and the God in the New Testament is so gracious. No, 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 no. God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you meet the same gracious, loving God who is also very just in the Old Testament as in the New Testament. And Abraham, think of it, they were trying to make Christianity Jewish. They're trying to say, look, you believe in Jesus, but you need to be circumcised. You need to keep the kosher laws, all these things. And Paul's like, no, 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 listen. Abraham was justified by faith. Look, he quotes Genesis 15, 6. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. In the Abrahamic covenant, we learn that Abraham, did he do things? No, he believed. And because he believed in God, God accounted it to him, justified him as righteous because of his faith. Not only that, it goes a little bit farther down and it says, and the scriptures, verse eight, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, Preach the gospel to Abraham. Did you ever notice that? Who preached the gospel to Abraham? God did. What's the verse? In you, all the nations shall be blessed. Now, you hear that the first time in Genesis 12, 3. He repeats it to Abraham a bunch of times. And then it also goes to Isaac and to Jacob. 
over and over and over again. Over and over. In you, the nation shall be blessed. And in verse nine, so then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. See, the patriarch, the great patriarch of the Bible, Abraham, is the perfect example of this. And if you studied through that with us, you found that Abraham made a million mistakes. He lied that Sarah was his sister twice. He accepted Sarah's handmaiden, Hagar. They made a child named Ishmael to try and help God out. I mean, Abraham was a certifiable train wreck. But yet, he believed in God. It was accounted to him for righteousness sake. If you feel like a good old train wreck, welcome to the family. And the person in here who doesn't feel like a train wreck, you are a train wreck. You're just the only one who hasn't realized it yet. And I mean that in all love. Because before God, every single one of us stands in the same place. So no matter who you are or where you are or how far down the narrow, difficult road you are, we all come to God as a total train wreck every day. In need of the grace of God. In need of the gospel. Just as much today as on the day that you got saved. But for so many of us, We're saved, and then we start to do it by work. We start to feel pretty good about ourselves. Like, I don't know how many parents are self-justifying by the way that they raise their kids. If those kids bring home straight A's, all right, I'm doing all right. If that child brings home a B, I mean, our hearts that try and keep the law, whatever it is, I mean, I spent the first four or five years as a pastor trying to preach my way into justification every Sunday. If I preached the gospel and people responded to it, then I'm justified in the eyes of God. There's nothing more miserable than trying to be self-justified by your ministry. Before I was in ministry, I tried to self-justify by my music career. Before that, I tried to self-justify by how many friends that I had. Before that, I tried to justify by making my parents happy. Before that, and before that, and before that, So the question for each one of us is, how are we trying to self-justify? What is the law that you and I have erected in our own hearts that makes us acceptable as we understand it in the eyes of God? And I will tell you, if you feel in anything other than simply Jesus, then you have a work of law situation. You're under the law. You've placed yourself under the bondage of a law that God has freed you from in Christ. That's the gospel. Now, look at what happens in verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men. Verse 15 Though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham 
and his seed were the promises made. He does not say unto seeds as of many, but as of one. And to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Now, this whole section teaches us this. At the cross, Jesus bore the curse of the law. At the cross, Jesus bore the curse of the law. And we really get that brought home to us in verse 13 and in verse 17. Those two verses bring this truth home. At the cross, Jesus bore the curse of the law. Now, if you notice in verse 10, in verse 11, in verse 12, and in verse 13, the Apostle Paul quotes the Old Testament. There's quotes in each one of those verses. See, remember I told you the Galatians were trying to be justified by believing in Jesus and keeping the Jewish law. So what the Apostle Paul does in classic rabbinical style is he pearl strings together. That's what they call it. Scripture, 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 scripture to make his case. He wants to say, look, you guys, you guys are trying to be right with God by your belief in Jesus and keeping the Old Testament law. Let me show you why that's an error. So he begins and he just brings it all together. Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. That is Deuteronomy 27, 26. He just quotes it. Now what's interesting, there's two important words in this verse, the word all and the word do. Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law. See, Paul makes the case that if you're going to put yourself under the law, then you need to be put under the whole law. So you have to do everything in the law. All of it. And you can't just know it. You can't just say, yeah, I know that that's true. You actually need to do it. See, it's interesting. I have some friends. I have some really close friends. I have one friend who's a rabbi, Orthodox rabbi. And when I got saved, I sat down, I talked to him. I said, so listen, let's talk about Yom Kippur. He's like, okay, yeah, let's talk about it. I'm like, so you're keeping the law, right? He's like, yeah, doing the best I can. I'm like, so what do you do about the animal sacrifice? I'm like, because on Yom Kippur, if you're Jewish and you're trying to be justified by the Jewish law, what do you do? You fast, you ask for forgiveness from people you've wronged, and then that's it. But in the law, it says you need to fast and you need to offer an animal sacrifice to atone for your sins. So, so what do you do? He's like, well, you know, there's a lot of legal loopholes because we don't have a temple. I said, well, does God accept your legal loopholes? And he looked at me, you know, and he's from New Jersey too, so you can just talk that way, you know. And he thought about it for a second. He's like, that's a great point. You see, we live in a day and age now where a lot of Christians are very fascinated with becoming more Jewish. You know, but it's like we believe in Jesus, so we want to be under the yoke of the Jewish law. There's nothing worse when someone who doesn't know any Hebrew starts trying to talk to you in Hebrew and you're just like, yeah, man, we are in America. You know? It's as, as if God hears your greeting when you say shalom instead of hello. Now, I'm not knocking it, really. But it's so interesting how quickly 
a fascination becomes the bondage of law keeping. God doesn't accept your worship if you don't worship on this day. See, what's interesting is for so many people, when you think about Sabbath keeping, it's like God only accepts worship on one day of the week. You know what the answer to that is? We were created to worship 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we should never forsake the assembling of ourselves together, be it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, evening or morning. But there's a whole lot of people. God doesn't accept your worship because you don't worship on Friday night to Saturday. It's like, huh? As if we were ever accepted by God because of our worship. Why are we accepted by God? Faith in who? Jesus. We're only accepted one way. No matter what day you keep worshiping on. No matter what day. See, listen, if you're going to try and put yourself under the law, you better put yourself under the whole law and you better do it all. And guess what? Everybody fails. Everybody fails. Now, in the next verse, look at what it says. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. That's Habakkuk chapter two, verse four. For the just shall live by faith. Now, what's interesting is that this verse pops up in the New Testament three times. Now, it's interesting that it says the just shall live by faith. Now, in Romans 1.17, it shows up. And Paul's focusing on the fact that the just shall live by faith, that last clause. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, the just shall live. That living part is emphasized. And here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, it shows up the third time. And the focus on the just, those who are justified. He's saying, look, those who are justified, they do it by faith. And then in verse 12, Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. That's Leviticus 18.5. See, Paul's, he's just making the case. Like, boom, 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 boom. Just like that. It's brilliant. It's like the ultimate spiritual setup from the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit. Saying, if you want to be justified by the law, look. And he gets you to the end here. Because look what it says. Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's Deuteronomy 21, 23. He's saying this, because all of us fail at the law, someone has to be cursed. And the law says, Deuteronomy 21, 23, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And he's saying, that's Jesus. Jesus is... In today's edition of Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel emphasized that nothing you do or don't do can make you right with God on your own. What day of the week you worship or how often you go to church doesn't make a difference in your acceptability. You learn that because you cannot keep the law perfectly, you need Jesus to stand in the gap for you. He died so that you can be right with God. Hey everybody, I want to invite you to join me in reaching people with the message that Jesus is real. Would you pray about partnering with us in the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio? Your support in this way helps us to keep sharing God's word and helps us reach more and more people. Thank you for considering partnering. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel explains 
why we have the law if Jesus is all we need. You'll discover that the law is meant to be a sort of tutor for you, to teach you about your need for help. The goal of the law is to direct you to the only source for your salvation, Jesus. As you live with the reality that you mess up all the time, that you can't be perfect, you'll recognize that you need Jesus to rescue you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.